Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. More than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein. Here's your host, Jason Swigard. And a fine good morning to you all as we are uh, in the second half of the calendar year. Hope everybody enjoyed uh, the holiday weekend uh, last week. Hope everybody was safe. Uh, we certainly uh, enjoyed a, a little time off. I think everybody uh, needed some time off. Everybody's needing some time to clear the head. I know I, I had a good week uh, other than trying to reinvent my swing. But uh, if that's my biggest problem, then then life's pretty good. Well, how did you uh, – you played in a little tournament on Monday, a media event? Yeah, for- we – so we had – we'll get uh, – with some news from the Winco uh, Foods Portland Open. Uh, they did have media day, but uh, not the typical press conference and luncheon and getting to meet some of the, the young and up-and-coming golfers on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, but we did play the course, which is in outstanding shape. The rough is just because of the the mild summer we've had and the moisture we've had of late – it is thick. It looks a lot like what you're seeing out there at Jack's Place at Muirfield Village. It is thick. If you are not in the fairway, it's at least two clubs extra trying to get it out of there. If yeah. you can get to the ball. Yeah, it, you, you have to set up differently, take a different angle of attack to get a ball out of the rough. And it's very, yep. very tough to do, and it's hard to hold a green. Uh, and Especially when they're running about 13 on the stint meter. They, oh, were, they were slick as can be. Yeah, that, that can be rough. Uh, before we go too much further, we want to yeah. make sure that we mention uh, that this show is going to be dedicated to the memory of Sean Fredrickson, uh, yes. Pacific Northwest president. Uh, it has president. been uh, heavy hearts this last uh, week. Uh, we learned over last weekend that uh, Sean and uh, his fair Three children, one child, two stepchildren, um, died in a in a plane crash over Lake Coeur d'Alene in Idaho. Uh, the head pro out of Oswego Lake Country Club for the last few years. He was also uh, the section president for the Pacific Northwest for the PGA of America. There was a statement uh, released earlier in the week from Brian Fisher, who's the general manager out at OLCC, saying Sean was an exceptional golf professional who was awarded the PGA Professional of the Year honor in 2019 by the Pacific Northwest section of the PGA. Oswego Lake Country Club was honored to have him as a member of our family. His positive spirit and joy for the game of golf was contagious, but more importantly, Sean was a tremendous husband, father, and friend. Uh, Our love and heartfelt sympathy go to his wife, April, his family, and friends during this time of loss. And I know, Harold, you worked with him as uh, being uh, on the administration with uh, the local uh, chapter of the PGA. So many people got to work with him and and really felt this hit hard when news started to filter out. Yeah, on a governance level, Sean and I worked together for 14 years on uh, the Oregon chapter and the Pacific Northwest Board of Directors. Quite a few conversations this past uh, year. Uh, This season's been a real challenge. Our board on a section level has been meeting once, sometimes twice a week to navigate our way through uh, the issues that we have. Uh, Sean was our leader in uh, paving the road uh, for us to reopen our play. Many spirited discussions that we've had. Uh, and in the last port- 14 years, a lot of spirited discussions. Uh, the last one I had with uh, Sean was a, uh, a couple of days before uh, he passed uh, where I 
I told him on one issue I thought he was full of it, and he uh, he mentioned that he appreciated my optimism <laughs> and my enthusiasm. Uh, he will be greatly missed. Uh, he was a close friend of mine. We'll be talking with uh, head professional John Kawasso at Astoria Country Club, and uh, uh, John and I served together with Sean, and we. Uh, John has many stories about Sean, and so we'll be doing that at 8:45. And uh, if you, you know, Sean worked uh, for several years at Tualatin Country Club before uh, going to Oswego Lake, uh, and uh, I know a lot of uh, members of those courses and uh, or in the golf community. Uh, you feel free to text us 503-250-1080 on the fan text line uh, if you've got some thoughts you'd like to share about Sean Fredericks and uh, just uh, a tragic, tragic accident. Uh, and, and certainly felt in the golf community and uh, the Twalton and Lake Oswego communities. And so uh, he will be dearly, dearly missed. Uh, lots going on in the world of golf. Also uh, helping us today during the tip segment, Chris Dunlop from Blast Motion Golf. Uh, they've got some new updates uh, for their systems, uh, focusing on the short game. So he's going to join us at 830 and uh, let you know what they have uh, cooking as uh, everybody's trying to develop their games here uh, with some extra time on their hands and not as many activities uh, to be able to take part in. Uh, but a lot of uh, news coming out uh, with golf, both at the local level as well as on the Pro Tour. So let's get going. Let's go inside the ropes. It's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards. The latest on all tours, plus local golf events and golf news. This is Inside the Ropes, part of Golf in the Northwest. Well, there's another tour that's back in action this week. The European tour is back going. They're going to be in Austria for uh, the next two weeks. The Austrian Open today. However, most of the top foreign players uh, are here in the United States, so not a lot of household names. Uh, Eust Lauten had the first round lead, but he's fallen back to nine under. Mark Warren of Scotland is at 11 under. Nikolai Van Dellingshausen. That's a great name. I know, and you're so From good German. at pronouncing these names. I better get the German it. ones right, considering my heritage. So yeah. um, so they are at 11 under. Uh, Connor Sim, Darius Van Driel, and Sebastian Garcia Rodriguez <laughs> are at 10 hear. under. Again, not a lot of household names. Miguel Angel Jimenez is uh, in this uh, tournament. He right now is tied for 12th at 6 under par. Uh, so... Other than a couple of names that uh, are trying to build up more Ryder Cup points for when they play next year, we'll get to that a little later as the Ryder Cup uh, finally realized uh, what many had been speculating for some time, that uh, they had a decision to make if they wanted to do it to keep the calendar preserved going forward, but they were going to have to do it without fans, and that was the one event they felt just didn't really yeah, it, it it couldn't be pulled off in the same fact. They'd just be out there playing. Yeah, it, it to set up any tournament on tour takes about four to six months. Yeah, and when you have a Ryder Cup at uh, Whistling Straits this year, that was they were going to basically build a city there because there's not a whole lot around, and to do that would cost millions of dollars, uh, and there was no guarantee that with a, a spike in in the number of positive cases uh, yep. around the country that it wouldn't be well, canceled uh, two weeks before exactly. the event so and with the international some of the international players still over in in Europe how long when were they going to have to leave to come over right all the pomp and circumstance that goes along with it that wouldn't be able to to be done so yeah i think they came to the right decision plus you know, some guys really haven't played much. So, what were the what were the captains going to do as far as picking? Oh, I think they would have navigated so, through that just fine. Yeah. I think uh, the issue has got to, uh, and the repercussions repercussions are mammoth, particularly for the European Tour. Uh, they operated a loss in the odd years where there's not a right. Ryder Cup because that's their main source of income, and that's how they operate with that money. So putting off the Ryder Cup for 2021 pushes the uh, President's Cup to 22, pushes the Ryder Cup, the European 
2023. So now the European tour is going to be scrambling to to make ends meet, and they're going to have to tighten their belt. Uh, prize money will be cut back. Uh, a lot of things that the players are accustomed to seeing and doing are not going to be available to them. For instance, a courtesy car and things like that. Yep. So uh, it is going to be a challenge. Uh, the word from Seth Waugh, CEO of PGA of America, said that if we get into 2021 and the Ryder Cup is again looked at as a, a, a problem to host, they will cancel it. They will not postpone it. It just won't happen. Right. And now you're talking about a a real can of worms. Uh, this will have a major impact on not only the income of the European tour, but on the PGA of America. No question. So it's still still not out of the woods yet. Uh, the Corn Ferry Tour is in San Antonio for a couple of weeks at the TPC facility. They've got two different courses they'll play. They're playing uh, the Challenge at uh, the Canyons this week. Frenchman Paul Barjon is at 1,300. They've started the third round this morning. Lee Hodges, Austin Truslow at 12 under. Adam Svensson. Uh, Canadian is at 11 under. Dylan Wu in the group at 11 under. Ollie Schneiderjans uh, at 10 under. Uh, some other familiar names. Martin Piller is in the mix at 9 under. Um, last week it was Will Zalatoris. You should be proud of him. A fellow Kent State Flash. Yeah. Um, he got his uh, first victory. He goes to the top of the uh, Corn Ferry Tour points list, uh, winning the TPC Colorado Championship. Yeah, love those flashes when we come, right. out of the, we come out of the woodwork every but now and then. He's a name. He's one of these next up-and-comers, similar to Matthew Wolf, mm-hmm. to Colin Morikawa, who we'll get to in a second. But uh, 23 years old, looks to be slight of build, but can hammer it. And uh, playing up there in the altitude at Colorado is a lot of fun. But he had a a, a nice, uh, nice comfortable victory there. Yeah, it's the only place where I could hit a nine iron uh, further than 120 <laughs> yards. It was in Colorado when I was his bro there. One of my former students, Alistair Doherty, uh, yeah. missed the cut by one shot. I was texting texting Alistair uh, last night. Uh, my first text to him was "ouch." And he said, yeah, this one will be hard to swallow. Unfortunately, he said, on the greens, he only had his C game. Everywhere else, he hit it good. Uh, And he feels that with a C game, uh, with his putter, uh, if he'd have had his A game, he would have been in the top 10. So congratulations for Alistair. Shoots 63 to qualify as a Monday qualifier and then goes out and unfortunately makes a triple on uh, par three, 13th hole, uh, not a triple, a double, mm-hmm. and um, knocked him one stroke out of the cut. Uh, he will be back, and well, there's a lot of us. they're down there again, so he'll probably try and Monday qualify again, I'm okay. assuming, and, yeah. and see if he can get in the field. He's playing well, and and he uh, he said the issue he was having was getting accustomed to the greens and playing on Bermuda greens yeah. is very different than playing on the on the POA that he we have grown up on. So he feels as if when, if he can increase the loft to his putter face, not change anything else, just get a little more top roll to that ball, uh, he can manage those Bermuda greens better. We'll be keeping an eye on him. The PGA Tour is at uh, Muirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio, for the next two weeks. Uh, the Workday Charity Open uh, created this week when uh, the John Deere Classic uh, wasn't able to host a tournament. Colin Morikawa, 13 under par. They had to finish up the second round this morning. They had a couple of weather delays for thunderstorms uh, Friday in round two. But he's got a three-shot lead over Kevin Streelman and Justin Thomas. Sam Burns, Hideki Matsuyama at nine under par. Victor Hovland is at eight under. And then you're going back a ways. And it'll be interesting to see after uh, Colin lost in the playoff uh, in the restart event um, at Colonial, uh, where he had a shot to close that down late, missed a couple of short putts that could have uh, given him the victory. He lost in the playoff. Uh, What he learned from that, another young and -and up-and-comer looking for his second win. But, boy, he... Accuracy at Jack's place is key because that rough is brutal, especially around the greens. They're firming up. Uh, if you can put it on the greens in regulation, give yourself chances. If he builds a big lead going into the final round, uh, that'll be a huge key because this isn't a course where you really want to 
have to force it <laughs> late. No, uh, and Colin Murakawa is really – he's a fantastic player. Uh, and he is not long off the tee, but he does hit it straight. Uh, and he is a great putter if you watched him play. Which is why all. it was so weird to see him get, get the yips, really, or, or just short ones. He was making some bombs. Yeah. And then these little four or five footers uh, coming back, you know, and you had to feel like it was just the pressure of the moment. He'll get used to that pressure, that adrenaline rush, and hopefully third, fourth, fifth time around, he'll start closing. Yeah, he he was ranked uh, 171st on tour last year in putting. And, and this, yesterday, uh, strokes gained putting on the greens. He was 3.65. And like Alistair and I were chatting about uh, – this is a putting contest out there and because these guys can all hit it. Uh, if you notice Kevin Streelman playing really well, I, I enjoyed last week a lot watching uh, Matt Wolf. I am not a Bryson DeChambeau uh, fan, and I think he proved that you can be an absolute idiot uh, when you accost a cameraman for – for ruining your brand. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a break. Let's come back to that. That was the big yeah. news. DeChambeau, who had finished in the top 10 since the restart, six or seven in a row, he finally broke through and won, hitting it a mile off the tee. We'll see if this is just uh, an anomaly or something that uh, the tour feels like they're going to have to uh, address it some fashion as we're getting going here. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 818 here this morning. Jason Swigard, Harold Bluestein with you. Chris Dunlop from Blast Motion Golf going to join us in our Ask the Pro segment. And then John Kawasso, who's the head pro at Astoria Country Club, going to join us at 845 and uh, help uh, maybe soothe some of the uh, some of the grief going on in the golf world with the passing of Sean Fredrickson uh, last weekend. He was a good friend of his and uh, how important he was to the golf industry here in the Pacific Northwest, but uh, we continue on uh, now. Just a lot of news uh, coming out of uh, golf on the tours uh, over the last week. We mentioned uh, the Ryder Cup has been postponed for a year uh, to 2021, hoping hoping that they give enough time, they can come back and do it the way that they want to do it. Uh, we'll talk about the Winco Foods Portland Open here in just a moment, but we mentioned Bryson DeChambeau last week got the victory uh, that he had been searching for during the uh, shutdown. He bulked up, put on 25, 30 pounds. He's bombing at 350, 360. Uh, his accuracy actually with that length is pretty amazing because he is swinging out of his shoes, and there's some concern again uh, from people who saw what Tiger did when he first came out, just being fit, taking an, athle- an athletic approach to his preparation, which hadn't been traditional in golf at that point, training like he was a basketball player, a football player, a baseball player, something like that. He started launching it way past where the rest of the tour was and golf courses freaked out and started adding length. Uh, yeah. They tiger-proofed golf yeah. courses. I don't know how they're going to Bryson-proof I don't think you can. golf courses. No, I think what you might see is that Bryson DeChambeau might single-handedly bring bifurcation back into the conversation. And, and bifurcation is uh, an establishment of rules governing equipment that applies to professionals and does not apply to amateurs. So the equipment you're using today – you can continue to use, but you might see a change in the golf ball or the uh, golf equipment. This is a really thorny subject because when you talk to manufacturers, they uh, they don't really want to get involved with changing their equipment. But if they're allowed to man- to uh, market to the public, which is where m- their money's coming from, uh, I think they can continue to to encourage greater distance. But when it comes to the tour, uh, you can't turn all these golf courses into obsolete pastures. No question. But I think what was interesting was the first, you know, the first few tournaments, you saw them playing courses at just around 7,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while DeChambeau was, you know, top 10 seemingly every week, we saw other guys that weren't particularly long 
right there winning them. Correct. And so, and I think what they learned from, quote, tiger-proofing courses, if you do that, you limit the field, actually, as to who has a shot to win. If you have to hit it 330 off the tee just to have a chance to make par, then there's how many guys that that take themselves really out of contention of winning if you shorten it and provide courses that have different ways to get around them so all all the top professionals have a chance. Yeah, he might hit it 360 down there, but I only have to be 290 off the tee and still give myself a chance to score. Well, some of the golf courses, the more traditional golf courses, that provide that Harbor Town is one of them. Harbor Town, Colonial. Correct. We saw uh, TPC uh, River Highlands up there at, at the Travelers. Correct. We, we don't want to lose the these traditional golf courses at all. Uh, they are a great test of golf. Uh, unfortunately, when you have these golf courses uh, with players who can hit at a mile, you have fairly wet conditions. You don't have any wind. You're going to have a lot of low scores. Uh, you don't have to hit at 350 off the tee to make a birdie. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is a good example of a guy who can hit it long and can't get it in the hole at times. Last week he got it in the hole yep. uh, and his putting was good. But if you watch, he is struggling with his distance control with his wedges. wedges. Uh, he's got graphite shafts in those wedges and they tend to just fly sometimes. And now when he's, if he's just slightly off the fairway in the rough and he gets a flyer with those shafts, the ball's just going to go too far. Uh, and so his short game, if he addresses that, then I, I think he will be a danger. But something has to be done, I think, sooner than later with regard to equipment and the rules applying to professionals. Now, it would seem the easiest fix would be doing something to the golf ball. Well, that that has been long discussed as the first move. Because I don't think guys are going to want to have to adjust their actual what's in the bag right. in terms of their they want to be able to dial in shafts and club heads and whatever else they want to do, all that technology. I think that's too difficult to implement. But I think the golf balls would be the quickest and easiest thing for them to change. Yeah, I would agree. And having a golf ball that uh, Bryson uses, uh, you can go ahead and use it, but you're not going to get any yardage out of it uh, as an amateur. Uh, that would be just fine with me. They've got to dial it back somehow. The technology on golf uh, golf balls has been just astounding yeah. in the last 10 years. Uh, and, and at least since I've been playing back when we were, Getting gutta purchase, things have changed quite a bit. Didn't they still have chicken feathers in the balls when you started. Yes, okay. and but uh, chicken goose. What I don't remember what we uh, were using. We were using feathers of some sort and uh, steaming them and stuffing them into leather <laughs> pouches and calling them golf balls. Uh, I remember wound balls as a kid. Uh, you know, I, I haven't hit one in a long time, but uh, yeah, something with golf balls has to change. I, and that may be coming. Um, on another note with Bryson, if you're going to, we're thinking here, I, mean, I was I thinking. Don't think, I don't think the tour is going to overreact. I, I, I don't think golf courses are going to change. I don't think you're going to see them start trying to figure out how to get to 8,000 yards. One, I don't. I, well, there's most not of enough the real golf estate courses, there's not, they're, yeah. they're maxed out with their real estate. So only really some private courses would have the ability to do and the money to do it. Right. Um, but I don't. I don't see where Tiger, his, every, all the younger guys then coming up who thought it was cool, they started, athletes started taking up golf at a younger age. That's, mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that was the difference there. Bryson's so unique. This is so, plus he's so, his swing is so unique. His approach to it, the, the technical, the scientific method that he applies to it, I don't think too many guys can just, easily adopt that no, if they not, wanted to. Yeah, I, not, I think this is an anomaly rather than a trend. Right. Yeah, me personally, uh, limit the number, the numbers for me. I want to be able to play golf. I play more by feel. I learn by visually uh, mimicking other players. Uh, numbers help, I, but I don't want too many. This is a guy that relies on numbers 
But I did want to mention something that I was thinking about early this morning that we, um, when there's a time in our lives, 21, 22, in our early 20s, we're really trying to make a, a mark and an impression. I think that's what Bryson's trying to do. But there does come a time when uh, your legacy has something to do with it. And now uh, this brings in Sean Fredrickson and, and how we think of his legacy. How will Bryson be thought of in the future? As I get older, I think about what I've made a certain mark. How are people going to remember me? I know from uh, in Bryson's case, I'm going to advise him, uh, go easy on the cameraman. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you uh, slam a club down or drop an F-bomb, it is not an accident. You did it overtly and that's something that you have to accept and not blame on someone else i would argue that makes him more relatable to the average golfer tiger did that for years it yeah didn't affect him yes but tiger he accepted exactly. the fine he yeah. just said yes i accept the fine i do it he didn't go up to a cameraman and say yeah. stop Don't. stop videoing me because you're ruining my your brand. my brand it's yeah. just say yep i lost it it happens yeah. i'm not proud of it i'm trying to work on it but i'm trying to win out there and sometimes <laughs> well we all lose it yeah. at times uh, you know this it, it happens this is a frustrating Damn game. Very frustrating. <laughs> I know. You and I were chatting about it. Oh, we I gave I gave Swag a, a golf lesson in the studio just prior good. to going out. I started my vacation. I shot 84 out of Forest Hills. I'm like, all right, I got this dialed in. Let me go get with Harold and, and clean up a few things. And Harold's like, oh, you're a mess. This isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, we got to change everything. I got to tear you down and build you back up again. So I'm like, Okay. <laughs> I tr- I've worked with you. I trust you. I'm like, all right. I, he's he basically said, well, 84 is probably the best you're ever going to shoot with that swing. So yeah, let's get you looking like a golfer. Eh, it's a slow process. Well, not just looking like one, but actually performing like one. I want your average to be 84 instead of yeah. your best score to be that. Uh, and so at times we have to make adjustments. And that's uh, what's going on with the Winco Foods Portland Open as well. They released a uh, press release earlier this week with the unfortunate announcement uh, that they will go on with uh, the tournament out at Pumpkin Ridge. And uh, Witch Hollow's in unbelievable shape August 6th through the 9th. But they were disappointed that they won't be able to have fans out for this year's event. Uh, We've been in touch with Jeff Sanders and Ryan Tahara uh, probably have one of them join us next week. They are very much uh, working with uh, all of their partners, uh, trying to figure out uh, for ways for fans to interact uh, without being there, some opportunities uh, to s- continue to support all the charities that they've been able to raise over $7 million for uh, in the first six years of the tournament. So once they have some more details, uh Either Jeff or Ryan will join us and kind of let people know how they can be a part of the event without being on site. But uh, yeah, that'll be a real just challenge. an unfortunate reality of the current situation that we're in. So we'll pass that along. We'll keep you updated, and uh, when there's some new details to announce, we'll have we'll certainly have Jeff and Ryan uh, back on the show. Okay, we're making the turn. When we come back, time to talk to Chris Dunlop, Blast Motion Golf. They've got some new updates uh, to their system uh, to help your short game. So we'll talk to him as we continue golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Tips for your game from award-winning PGA instructor Harold Lustein. It's time to Ask the Pro on Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. 8.32 here this morning. Center and Saint will follow us at 9 o'clock. And uh, then we've got uh, some uh, Ducks Rewind for you. Some uh, Ducks football coming up at 11. I believe it's the 2012 Rose Bowl. I think it is. I've lost track of where we're at with all that. But uh, Harold and uh, I are here with you. Time to talk to our pros, and we are very happy to welcome in Christopher Dunlap, uh, Blast Motion Lead Product Specialist uh, down there in California. But uh, for Blast Motion, we've uh, we've come familiar with them and their instructional videos and their system uh, trying to help you uh, improve your game. But we've got some updates, uh, Chris, to the short game. So good morning. Thanks so much. What is new with Blast Motion? 
Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. And we've got some exciting new things, development that we've released, um, a new app update, streamlining new user interface, and then, like you touched on before, we have the new short game and bunker modes enabled now. So now you're able to measure what you're doing on those chips, bump and runs, flop shots, and more importantly, what you're actually doing in the bunker because I've never really seen anyone take a launch monitor and put it in the bunker with them and find out what their swing speed is, timing and tempo as well. So, Chris, good morning. Let's backtrack for just a moment and, and explain what the blast motion sensor is, how we attach it to our club, and and how it uh, first started. Absolutely. So the blast motion sensor started roughly about five years ago um, with just a creation of something that wanted to be used that was easy, discreet, um, didn't need a lot of calibration, and kind of lets you go through your natural routines. Um, the sensor itself is, is roughly 0.3 um, ounces, so extremely lightweight, fits on the butt end of the club, and we measure up to 11 metrics on the putting side, and then we have about eight metrics that we measure on, five to eight metrics that we measure on the full swing side. So I'm kind of a guy who gets a little nervous when they throw a lot of numbers at me, and uh, it's just, you know, math was not, me <laughs> you know i was fine <laughs> i i'm an artist i was fine with the arts end of it um what metrics are we talking about let's let's just start with putting what metrics and which ones are most important absolutely the big thing we always start with is repeatable timing and tempo so tempo is the ratio of your backstroke to your forward stroke your backstroke should be twice as long as your forward stroke so, again, it's giving that nice consistency. So no matter what length of putt, whether you have like a 3-foot, 6-foot, or 30-foot putt, you want that tempo to be the same and those numbers to be the same as far as your backstroke and forward stroke relation. Chris Dunlap uh, is our guest here from Blast Motion, uh, the new update to the app and, and the uh, with the short game. Uh, you talked about metrics uh, in the bunker, uh, which is uh, a bit revolutionary. What, uh, you know, for somebody that uh, spends way too much time in the beach, uh, what are the things that I want to be concerned about and that Blast Motion is going to help me better understand uh, when I'm trying to play out of a bunker? Well, the reality of it is when you measure yourself, you're going to be able to see what those shots are where you have, you leave it, you dump it in the sand, you leave it short, you decelerate into it, you don't accelerate through. So now you're actually able to measure that. So you're going to see what your backstroke time is and forward stroke time is in order to be able to make sure that's repeatable. So what we have everyone do is go through, hit about 10 shots and note in your mind which ones are the successful ones. And then you can see that specific number of what was your swing speed? What was the result of the flight of the shot? What was your backswing time and your downswing time? And then you just have to repeat it. So that's the thing of just now you're measuring. It's not like, ah, I'm, I'm feeling off my game. I don't know what's happening. Now you know specifically, put yourself on the sensor, find your number, and then you can easily figure out what you need to improve. Well, Chris, you're, you're referring to backstroke time and forward stroke time. Now, forward stroke time, the assumption might be it's the time through the golf ball. It's really from the backswing position time to the ball. Is that correct? 100% correct. So typically the second swing is about a second long. So we're able to measure and break up these two time periods here. So it happens fast. So it's good to actually know and measure and see what you're doing. So again, now we're talking about this tempo and the ratio of possibly two to one, something like that backstroke to forward stroke. I, uh, the bunker play, chipping, pitching, pretty close in tempo time to uh, to putting? Yeah, what we've seen overall in the swings that we've analyzed and gathered, um, roughly the same there. Now, there are going to be some different instances there. So let's take a quick example here, like a 10-yard flop shot. Um, based on what we saw, uh, the swing speed is actually around 40 miles per hour if you're using like a 58 or 60-degree lob wedge. So easily looking at that number, if someone's under that 40-mile-per-hour swing speed, let's say they're 30, they're going to be leaving it short. Let's say they're going to be 43 miles per hour, they're going to be long on that. So, again, it's kind of dialing in what your swing speed is and keeping that tempo consistent. And so for maybe the the less uh, accomplished golfer and uh, you know kind of avid but that uh, mid-to-upper handicap, 
with Blast Motion, is there a way to take all this data and uh, figure out how to utilize it? Some help in that? Is that something that they want to do with their instructor to help them kind of understand taking the raw data and turning it into something tangible they can go back to the golf course with? Absolutely. It's great working with a professional. Um, we also have inside here um, session titles. So what you can do at the end and conclusion of your session, you can stop and you can see what your averages are. You can find out what your average, your high, low, and kind of any inconsistencies. So you can really see the big picture. If you're all over the place, it's going to be very clear as far as what you need to work on for it. Well, and we're talking about metrics, but actually BLAST is, is a field-based as an instructor, it's a field-based uh, training system uh, with great explanations. On the website, uh, you have videos, and those videos by Brad Faxon have been really helpful I, to me personally uh, to understand what speed control uh, is and what the backstroke and forward stroke times mean. But there's some other issues that those videos cover. Uh, for instance, um, Speed, change of loft. So we have a player, I've taught players who kind of scoop at the ball with a wedge shot, uh, increasing their 58-degree wedge to about 70 degrees. I wonder why the ball almost sits <laughs> them in the chin. So there's other uh, metrics there that can be very important. Which ones do you like uh, in addition to the tempo? So an, a new one that we've actually added to the app for short game and full swing side is the angle of attack. Um, so it's, we have a very simple one where it just tells you if you're level, down, or up. But then we also have a metric layout that gives you a great graphical representation of how steep you are. So what you touched on there, a lot of amateur golfers, they have issues where they're adding too much loss to the club or they're getting too steep coming down, clubs getting stuck in the ground. So we have a really simple, easy way of just letting them know, of potentially shallowing the club out, using the bounce of the wedge more effectively and possibly even switching to a club that's easier. Instead of bringing your 60-degree out every single time, maybe try your pitching wedge or maybe even nine iron even. Uh, Chris Dunlop here with Blast Motion Golf. Uh, they've got their new update. Now, is this uh, just for uh, Apple or Android? Uh, is the update good on both of them? And uh, where do they want to go to get more information? Absolutely. So currently the 410 update, that's just for our iOS. Our Android team is currently working on an update for all Android devices. So take a look on our website, blastmotion.com. We're also running a special too, if you use the code remote2020, that will take the sensor from $150 to $89.99. There you go. We appreciate it so much. Thanks so much for taking some time for us. And again, uh, blastmotion.com, click on uh, the golf portion of it for the updates. And uh, hopefully uh, we can help you shave a few strokes off your game. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Thank you very much, Chris. And uh, I know, uh, Harold, this is something that you're very familiar with. You, you, you always check out all this new technology stuff to find out as an instructor, okay, what's actually useful? What's going to give me information that I can implement into my game to make it better? Yeah, I'm always uh, looking at, as you say, gathering new things and I toss them out. But I'm also looking at things that are affordable for our, uh, my students to purchase. You know, at, at $89.95, this is a great product. I've been using it for five years. It has... Uh, and I was just using it the other day for my putting. I was having a little problem with the, uh, I get a little quick in the forward motion thinking I've got to accelerate through the ball. And actually that's the opposite is true where blast motion will give me a better tempo. And I, it just reconnected me to a proper tempo. I ordered the new one because I've been having trouble with those little stick in the club in the ground or, you know, uh, hitting the ball on the forehead as it shoots across the green uh, and with my short game. So I need something like this to help me with my tempo, and I can't wait to get it. Well, and I'll uh, I'll be curious what you think of it and uh, if that's something that, uh, as you say, you're looking for things that are investments, one that are reasonable, but that are going to provide value and aren't just gimmicks. Yeah, they've got to last a while. Yeah. Something that you can say, I can use it today, I can use it tomorrow, I can use it in three years. And like I said, I've been using it for five. 
So there you go. Again, uh, blastmotion.com is where you want to go and uh, get more information on that. When we come back, John Coasso, the head pro at Astoria Country Club, going to join us uh, and uh, give his uh, memory of his good friend, Sean Fredrickson, golf pro at uh, Oswego Lake Country Club. We lost in a tragic accident uh, last week and uh, what he meant to the game here and the industry uh, in uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we'll wrap up there as we continue on. Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Well, the golf industry uh, lost a rising star, a passionate steward and great friend this past weekend here in the Pacific Northwest, Sean Fredrickson and uh, his three kids, uh, unfortunately lost in a tragic plane crash at Lake Coeur d'Alene. And the news hit hard throughout uh, the Pacific Northwest as he was the president of the Pacific Northwest section of the PGA uh, working at Oswego Lake the last few years, after 14 years at Tualatin Country Club, he had established so many wonderful relationships uh, with other professionals and uh, and players throughout the Pacific Northwest, and and here to uh, help people understand uh, what Sean's imprint on the game was and how sorely he will be missed. We are very pleased to welcome the head pro of Astoria Country Club, John Kawaso, this morning. John, thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes uh, to call in this morning, and I'll just uh, uh, start with uh, when the news hit you and and some of the thoughts that initially uh, you went through in, in thinking of Sean and his family. Well, good morning. Um, you know, I got the news late last Sunday, about ten thirty at night, and it was at it, nothing had been confirmed at that point, and it was, of course, shocking. And um, you know, I was just praying that it wouldn't be true. But uh, as the you know the next day uh, unwound, and all the facts came out, it's just a, it's a surreal situation. I mean, I you know. Being a golf pro out here on the Oregon coast, I'd never imagine I'd have a, a good friend, you know, killed in a in a plane crash. It just that it, you know, it's it was just it's one of the most difficult and odd situations I've ever been involved in. Well, John, you and I and Sean uh, and and Mark Keating and you know Brian Tunstall and a bunch of us have served on the governance level for a lot of years. Uh, and we've been through a lot of meetings and a lot of spirited conversations. Uh, Sean was a different kind of leader than you and I, and uh, gratefully so. Uh, can you share some of his qualities as a leader? Uh, you know, Harold, you're right on the money. He's definitely different than you and I. Uh, you know, he, um, you and I both kind of wear our emotions on our sleeve and are, uh, tend to have knee-jerk reactions. He was always level-headed. I think his greatest quality as a leader was his ability to listen and um, and listen to all sides, and then he was able to process the information quickly and, and make, make smart, uh, quick decisions. Um, but I always marveled at how calm Sean was able to stay, uh, whether it was, you know, uh, an easy issue or a difficult issue he never really he was like a really good golfer you could never really tell if he was playing good or playing bad he just was level-headed and uh you know definitely unlike me who is extremely emotional and and uh tend to be on the uh the quick temper side of, of some of those issues that we went through but he was always a great listener and uh and extremely intelligent you know he was able to process information in a in a quick, timely manner, and then come and make great decisions that way too. Well, I my management style is, oops, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that well. Uh, so 
I remember once that uh, I was at Bandon Dunes uh, and it had just poured. I was soaked right through to my underwear. I came off the golf course and into the uh, one of the pro shops, and I think it was at Pacific. Sean was sitting there and he was dry as a bone. And I said, "Gee, how did you ever <laughs> make it through?" You know, he was. He was always so perfect in his clothing. How oh, could yeah. you? How did you ever make it through dry? And I, he said, "Well, I've got this." Galvin green stuff here and it keeps me dry and I said well I'm gonna have to get some he gave me his rain gear so oh, I mean goodness. yeah I, I his his generosity is unbelievable and he didn't have to do that I just mentioned how did you do it and he said oh here yeah. you wear it I won't need it and, and he actually yeah, he said did. it had a spot on it I couldn't find this. <laughs> you know what? I for the yeah, life of me, I, yeah, exactly. I could not find the spot. But anyway, share some of those experiences you've had with him. Well, you know, I've been. You know, that's it. I've, this week, I've been trying to remember the good times. You know, more than the than you know the tragedy. But a couple things that you know stand out with my, my time with Sean. Um, one was uh, we were in New York together. And uh, we were at our 100th annual meeting, and we had a decision to make one afternoon, either go on a guided tour of New York City or go spend a few hours on our own. And Sean says, well, I'm going to go shopping. And I said, well, I got to experience this because, you know, Sean was a clothes horse, and he's, you know, without a doubt the best-dressed golf professional in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. if not the country. We had it standing uh, beside him, didn't we? You know, so I, I went on this, on this four hour shopping spree with him through Manhattan and, you know, absolutely Mar. I mean, he, it was like being on pretty woman. It was, it was the dog gone to sing. I and mean, he, you know, was fitted for a suit at this, I don't even remember what the store's name was. And then we went into a shoe store and he had got, I mean, he had people waiting on him hand and foot and, and he was trying, he must've tried on 50 pairs of shoes and. You know, then I had to caddy the bags, you know, back to the hotel. We had many, many bags. And, um, you know, I just, I, but it was a, it was a great experience because I'm not a shopper. Uh, reaffirmed the fact that I probably never will be a shopper. And if I, if I am, he was a tour player shopper and I'd be about a 20 handicap. So, uh, that was a great, we, we had a great time there. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of great dinners together and we played a lot of golf together. And I'm, I'm, you know, our relationship here at Astoria with Oswego Lake is a, is a special one. Um, we have a, a senior exchange that, that we do, um, one time at their club in the, in a year and then one time at our club in the same year. And I got to know Brent Murray, uh, very, very well through that, you know, through my, well, I've been here 18 years, so we've done it every year. And I was really looking forward to those rounds of golf with Sean because it's just, you know, as you well know, Harold, you know, playing a round of golf, you know, basically a social round is there isn't a better way to get to know someone. And, uh, you know, albeit Freddie and I were already great friends. I just felt like we were going to solidify that friendship and it was going to be a lifelong friendship. John Kowasso. And I'll miss that. John Kowasso, head pro out of the Astoria country club, uh, helping us, uh, give a little more perspective on, on the legacy that uh, Sean Fredrickson leaves here on the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we're just uh, got a couple more minutes, John, but uh, what for people maybe that uh, knew of Sean, but didn't have the pleasure of, of getting to know him personally, what will his uh, legacy, his imprint on golf in the Pacific Northwest uh, be uh, for those that uh, come along later? You know, I think that, uh, he was a giver. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, he always had his uh, fellow professional uh, best interest at heart. Just a true gentleman. I don't think there's a nicer person than Sean Fredrickson out there. And uh, he will be missed by all of us. And anybody who knew him is very saddened at this moment. It, it's been a, a really rough week for a lot of us, John. I, I appreciate our conversation the other day. Uh, we barely made it through that one. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on the air and sharing this uh, your time with him. 
Uh, Freddie was a great mentor to many of us. I was a national finalist for the Horton Smith Award here recently, and Freddie uh, wrote my letter of recommendation. And I, I, I really appreciated all the support and what he did to inspire me and other professionals in the Northwest. But uh, thanks so much for coming on, John. Oh, you bet. It was, uh, it was a pleasure and certainly my honor to speak about our great friend. Thank you so much, John Colasso, head pro at Astoria Country Club. And uh, we echo those sentiments as well to uh, all that uh, knew him and all that he did for the game of golf here in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks so much to John. I uh, know, Harold, when, when you, you know, passed the news on to me, you were, it affected you quite a bit. And uh, so thank you for, uh, you know, helping bring uh, bring on the guests and, and talking to John and letting everybody know just how important Sean was and, and not only Sean, but uh, his, his three young children that were, you know, the tragedy goes on. And I know that there's some uh, discussion of how to properly uh, remember Sean with, with some events or some things that'll be going on discussed among the section and the chapters. Uh, and it's when those are made public, we'll certainly bring them to you. Yeah, there will be things coming out. I think the uh, the nicest thing that has helped me through the week is reading on Facebook some of the experiences people have had with uh, uh, with Sean. And please continue to share those with all of us. It's a healing process here. Uh, yep, I know, Harold. Thanks so much. Uh, and again, our hearts go out to Sean Fredrickson. And uh, his family and friends around Oswego Lake, around uh, the Twalton Country Club, and uh, keep a uh, keep a warm thought for him and his family uh, when you're playing this weekend. That'll do it for us. Center and Saint is up next for Harold. I'm Jason. Hit him straight. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.